Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sneaky Sports Podcast, Season 3, Episode number 49 on this Feel Good Friday, July 2nd, 2021. We're here to talk about Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns advancing to the NBA Finals. Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez combined for 55 points last night in a Game 5 win over the Atlanta Hawks. The Warriors are in high pursuit of Pascal Siakam. DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry could team up in Dallas. We're here to talk about that. The Timberwolves badly wanting Ben Simmons. Would it be a mistake for the Knicks to trade R.J. Barrett? What's next for the L.A. Clippers and much more? So without further ado, let's dive on in. And we begin today's episode with Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns. They advanced to their first NBA Finals. Um, Chris Paul, first Finals in 16 years. Um, and the Suns make their first trip to the Finals since 1993. Chris Paul had 41 points in a Game 6 win, um, 8 assists. Pat Bev um, was I don't know if you guys saw this, but Pat Bev, I mean, I'm sure you guys did. Pat Bev with the shove at the end of the game, pretty violent shove. I think that was just totally uncalled for. But then we had DeMarcus Cousins have interesting comments. And I want to get you guys, I get your guys' thoughts on this first is Boogie Cousins said, you wonder why nobody, nobody fucks with you um, with your weak ass. That's what he said to Chris Paul. So what is your guys' thoughts on that? just don't like he's a bench warmer what the what the hell does he have to say and talk about Demarcus Cousins is completely washed up he had like three good years of his prime with the Kings and one half decent year with the Pelicans he's a bona fide scrub now I mean Chris Paul if if we win if, if they win the finals he's a top five point guard of all time so I, I I wouldn't talk if I was in his position yeah I don't know I mean I can kind of see where he's coming from Chris Paul you know <laughs> He was he flopped a lot this series. I think a lot of people took notice of that. Um, you know, it is hard to watch. It's not entertaining basketball. I'm not a huge fan of Chris Paul. I'm not a hater by, by any means, but I see where he's coming from. You know, especially when emotions are high, like right after losing a playoff series like this. And then, you know, you see the same thing, Patrick Beverly, his emotions are running high, but he apologized after the game on Twitter. So Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I disagree with the Chris Paul is boring to watch or hard to watch because Trey Young well, is flopping. James, it's on, it's unbearable at times. Well, I can argue the same for James Harden, Chris and uh, Trey Young. I, I, I think a lot of stars. I agree. Are, so, and hopefully the league changes that rule this off season where, you know, you initiate the contact as an offensive player. It's not a foul on the defender, but I think Chris Paul, I mean, he's one of the most like high IQ players in the league He'll do, and he's known for being the guy who will do anything that it takes to win, you know, get any competitive advantage he possibly can. So it's not surprising to say the least, but I I guess I could, I could understand where they're coming from because in the heat of the moment, if you're playing against a guy like that at the park, like if you're playing basketball, like three, three at the park where versus like people who just play like annoying, they're really just like annoying as crap. I could definitely see why, you know, Boogie and Pat Bev were pissed and heated. You could argue the same thing for the Suns perspective. Like Patrick Beverly is like a pest playing against you on defense. He's so annoying. All he does is cause problems. He rips at your jersey. He hits you low. He's a pain in the ass to, to be guarded by. He's a pest. Yeah. I, I'd argue the same thing. It goes both ways. For sure. Yeah, you're right. But And, and like someone like Jay Crider, he's like another one. He's just a pest. He's annoying. He's just annoying. They're always starting fights. Bro, you look at a compilation of NBA fights on Twitter or like YouTube, for example, 
you're going to see three players, Marcus Morris, Jay Crowder, and Patrick Beverly in 95% of the uh, occasions or fights. And maybe the other five is PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker, that, that was a shot at PJ. I like PJ. I'm, I'm a fan of PJ. He's another one. He was just a pest against Kevin Durant, and Durant just kept scoring on him all night long. He was a mm-hmm. pest against him, though. Well, look, I think when you're a guy, PJ Tucker, I would like I, – I love that because you're supposed to be a guy who averaged like five points a game, whatever, but just to annoy their best player, like the opportunity to do that, I think he makes his value go up so much because – Well, yeah. And you know what's good about P.J. Tucker? Like you said, same thing. He knows his role. Same thing with the Rockets. When he was playing center in that in the playoffs, he was like, he's like six foot five, six foot six, de- defending against seven one Gobert, you know, and all these big boy centers, Steven Adams at that time in the playoffs. But he knows his role, and he played well, and it almost would have worked if Chris Paul didn't get hurt. Yeah, yeah I 100%. agree. But now we look at the Phoenix Suns. They have an opportunity to either play the Bucks or the Hawks in the NBA Finals. Um. So I'll ask you this because D book just came off a series where he played pretty poorly versus the Clippers. We saw Chris Paul have a pretty poor series versus the Clippers as well. If they play like that in the finals versus either the Hawks or Bucks and obviously Trey with his injury with his ankle and Giannis with his knee, can they replicate that performance and still win a championship? A hundred percent. I don't think Giannis is going to play in the finals if they make it. Well, that's a hot so. take. I guess. What have people been saying about Giannis? Pretty mixed things. I mean, I don't know. I've, I've heard bone bruise. I he saw certainly, Yeah, that's at least a, a multi-week injury, though. Yeah. I mean, Trey Young has the bone bruise in his foot. And at this point, too, same th- it's all about rest. Is it really important in the playoffs? Think about it. The Suns, they've been resting so much with every series that they pretty much had. Look mm-hmm. at these teams. This series is probably going to go seven games, realistically speaking. Atlanta probably wins game six back at home, and then it, it goes seven games. And, like, we don't know the availability of both of these teams' best players. That game last night was like a shit show. With it. Like, look at the Hawks' offense without Trey Young, and they could get nothing going. They get nothing going. And, you know, the Bucs could do a little bit better without Giannis because of, obviously, a guy like Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. But the Hawks without Trey Young are absolutely nothing. Well, are they absolutely nothing? Because I actually talked about this after game four. I think we were talking about this after game four. Or, yeah, game four, where Lou Will stepped up, had 21 points, eight assists, I believe. He played fantastic. And they have four other players who average 15 a game in the regular season. Yeah, but the, they're all role players in their own regard. I yep. mean, one game they played well without Trey Young, but that's never going to happen again. Well, if they made the NBA Finals, they would get swept. Perhaps, but I always have held the belief that the Hawks' supporting cast is extremely underrated. Yeah, they're yeah, great players for sure. They're but good they're in their roles. Trey Young. Yeah, they're not superstars in their well, own regard. Do you expect them to go on the road in Milwaukee and win a game, win the second game without Trey Young? Like a split no. without Trey is a pretty successful thing, in my opinion. Not I at all. Agree. But it's much easier also to play and win a playoff game at home than on the road, especially without your superstar player. And not to mention, Giannis was actually playing in majority of the game. They were up when Giannis was still healthy and playing. So yeah, well, Giannis, Giannis, Giannis's game four performance was one of the worst things I've ever seen. He had three air balls, I think, in the first half. He scored six points. He was playing lazy, lackadaisical out there, like Chuck said on TNT. He was horrible in game six, uh, game four. He was atrocious. And yeah. when you're a superstar and you come out with that energy, everybody else in your team plays worse. I, it's just yeah. the reality of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at the end of the day, they were within, like, what, seven, eight points before Giannis got hurt? I mean, like, they'd probably go on to win that game if he doesn't get hurt. I know that's a ridiculous hypothetical. But, like, the fact of the matter is, like, this Hawks team without Trey Young is – 
not to be taken seriously, in my opinion. Like, they're not going to do anything. Not to be – but the Bucks probably don't have Giannis either, and I think a game six back yes, in Atlanta – at least they have a guy like Middleton and Drew Holiday. Like, the Hawks don't have that. They, they don't, and that, that is true. But they have but, guys – they can shoot the lights out. And that, yeah, that's they absolutely can. They have great players. And that's why I think a game six in Atlanta, I could easily see Atlanta pushing it to a game seven. I think Trey Young will be back for game six. So can I, and, and Trey Young at least warmed up before game five. So you have some sign of a. Yeah, I mean, I hope he plays, but if maybe, he plays, will but, he be effective or will he be like James Harden where he's just like a sitting duck out there? He's not doing anything. His playmaking ability is fantastic. I mean, and James Harden was a good playmaker despite, you know, not being able to shoot the ball too well. Mm-hmm. So I think Trey Young will have a similar impact. I think he could still play make and do his thing. I mean, I hope and so. At this the gravity point, of him being see, on the court. I just want to see one superstar on the floor. That's all I ask for. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, when's the last time we've seen a conference finals game with like both the best players being out for each team? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I can't even think. Very I mean, it's kind of tough. It's very non, it's not like non-watchable, but it's not really appealing off the eye to not see the Hawks have Trey Young, you know, them come with the high screen him run down the lane, shoot that little floater, throw the lobber, kick out to someone for a three. It's just, it's just like weird almost in a sense. People, you said the word unwatchable, and that actually caught my eye. I heard Stephen A. and other guys in the media say that just because guys like LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry are not in the playoffs right now, that the league is in a bad state. But in there, because they're like Trey Young, D-Book, these guys are no-namers to typical family households. But, I mean, in order to become a household name, you need these kind of experiences. So I've never understood the whole idea of these guys are no names. They're building their name right now. And well, that's absolutely. What, but the fact of the matter is Trey Young's not even playing. Giannis isn't even playing. Like that's what the issue is. They're both hurt. I, I agree. I was so Stephen A said that those comments before those injuries, he was just like how we need guys like LeBron, Katie, Steph in these playoffs, not the young guns like D book, Trey and like Giannis, but they're building their names. And that's what LeBron had to do. LeBron had to do that one day. LeBron wasn't just a mm-hmm. household name right out of the gate. And maybe he was, but take a guy like, like Steph. Steph wasn't a household name right out of the gate. He had to build that reputation. Let Trey, let D-Book build those reputations. It's not bad for the, the game that they're in the conference finals at such a young age. It's not at all. Yeah, I mean, you know, Stephen A loves his casual takes. I mean, give it three, four, five years, the league's going to be run by Luka, Tatum, Giannis, Zion, Devin Booker, like these are going to be the faces. You know, it's yeah, not exactly. going to be Steph Curry and LeBron and Kevin Durant anymore. So, you know, they're, they're obviously going to have to build their legacy one way or another. And, you know, Devin Booker has a really strong chance of winning a championship this year, whether or not it's a legitimate championship or not. Like it's still going to, it's still going to count as a championship and it's still really going to boost his, you know, image. So I yeah, think, no doubt. I, I, I mean, I, I have probably no problem them. with these new faces being in the conference finals. I just hate all the injuries. Yeah, the injuries this playoffs too have been unbelievable compared to past. I mean, it could it be due to the shortened season, maybe, but I don't know. Just some really tough luck too. I mean, look at Trey Young. He stepped on the referee's foot. Like, uh, what, what's that? Like a one in a million, one in a hundred kind of thing yeah, that happens. How do you blame the ref for that though? I've seen people on Twitter blame the ref. Uh, like, no, you don't. No, it's just no, a freak it's accident. Freak accident. Yeah. It's one of those There's, things where the refs are just like, they're just like a a punching bag. We're like any. Any bad thing that happens to the NBA, any, it's just like, to oh, be, it's your fault. To be fair, the officiating these playoffs has been absolutely atrocious. Well, I, I disagree because according to studies, the, the NBA actually, and that's what the NBA Referees Association has been complaining about for years, is that they get so much public scrutiny for being terrible, but 
they actually have the best, um, like, you know how they have like the two minute reports. They have the best ref score out of any other four major sports, the NFL, the MLB or the NHL. And they get the most scrutiny despite being probably the best refs out of all those four sports. Well, it's because basketball is probably like one of the, it's, one of the two most watched sports in and America football does the same thing. Football, the rest yeah, football is football. The refs get crucified. Yeah. yeah. I mean, baseball too. the umpires. There's like an account on Twitter that does like umpire reports all the time for baseball. And they go through every single guy each night and they give like scores and stuff. And these guys are absolutely atrocious as well. They're calling for robots to be the umpires. In, in and the that's MLB what I was saying. They complain about the refs, the MLB fans, but then they don't want robots because they want human error. So, yeah, they want the human. I mean, pick a side. You want human error or do you want robots? I mean, you you clearly don't want human error because you hate when these guys miss the calls. No, but, but there has to be some sort of balance and something with the – like the review system in the NBA is fucking atrocious. It takes so long. They said uh, the one night – remember the eight, the night that Aiden caught the buzzer beater? Yep. Uh, with the dunk? The last two minutes of that game took 33 real-life minutes. That can't happen. That makes the game unwatchable. We went back to the review board three or four times just for one play. Like, bro, watch the thing. The people in Sea Caucus are watching it. Put the headset on. Go with what they say. And if there's not enough evidence, keep what, keep the call that you had. It's not rocket science. Yeah, I never it. understood that. What's the point of having an office of 20 people watching the replays if it doesn't speed up the process? Exactly. No sense. They still have the refs there watching it. It makes no sense. You know mm-hmm. what? Just watch the game. Just watch a play two, three times max and make a call from there. Like, how long does it take? And if, and if you have to look at it over and over and over to try and get a, the call to change or something, just stick with what you picked. Nobody will complain. It'll shorten up the games. Mm-hmm. It kills the flow, too, and it gives these teams all these cheap timeouts, and it just, yep. kills, it just kills it. You don't even need to – you could use all your timeouts before the last two minutes, but with all these goddamn reviews and that they have. The Clippers still shot like – they shot like one for 12 in the stretch where they had this break, right? Didn't they, could, they couldn't make a shot during this like stretch where all these – you know, these, these timeouts and pauses. I think it was both teams actually shot one for 12 total. Yeah, there's no rhythm. Think about it. They were playing two minutes of basketball, basically not even because all these free throws and stuff. And there was 30 minutes of them sitting on the chairs on the bench because of review. That's yeah. insane. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about last night's game, though. And Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis, the towers down low for the Milwaukee Bucks, combining for 55 points and a crucial game five win. Trey and Giannis, obviously, like we talked about, both didn't play. And then we have a stat here. 86% of the teams who take a 3-2 lead win the series. And then we're talking about Mike Budenholzer. We, we've been kind of complaining about him all the time and how he's an atrocious coach. I really thought the starting lineup last night was questionable. To me, I wouldn't have started both Lopez and Portis. I, uh, Portis, I, both, I know that they both played well, but think about it. They were starting Middleton as shooting guard. They had P.J. Tucker out there. They had uh, Drew Holiday. Why not start somebody, to me, like Bryn Forbes? Or even Pat Connaughton, who's also just horrible. But the lineup was huge. For what reason? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think everybody complains too much about Budenholzer, though. I mean, like, I don't know. People just pick and choose what coaches they like. Like, I've seen people saying Ty Lue's the best coach in basketball, like based off what exactly? Crazy. Yeah, that's I what think, Stephen A. said. He, he yeah, actually but like said people that. agreed with him though. And I just I like I get it. Budenholzer's not the best coach. But like 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 they're winning games. Like, isn't that all that matters? Um, and then. You know, in regards to the three-two team taking or winning the series eighty-six from the time, like the Bucks are winning this series. I mean, I, I even if Trey Young comes back, I still think they can win one of the next two games with just Middleton and Holiday, because you have guys like Portis who are playing well. I've been saying all year, I think Portis might be better than Lopez. I mean, he is. he's more mobile defensively, and like he could still shoot a little bit. Lopez is a very overrated three-point shooter. He shot like thirty-three percent this year. 
So I don't really think they're giving anything up by putting Portis on the floor. I mean, he didn't play like the whole Brooklyn series. I didn't get that whatsoever. I actually said before the series started, if you guys recall, I said start Portis over Lopez. And, you know, Lopez played good. So I'm not going to like act Lopez like I was, was good, really good last night. Yeah. Because Lopez was barbecue chickening these guys down low. I mean, he was abusing these Hawks forwards. So give him credit. But I think, yeah, the combination, uh, the, the, excuse me, starting Bobby Portis and giving him more minutes, you know, you can keep Lopez fine, but give Portis more minutes. This is a guy who shot 40. 8% from three in the regular season, the highest in the NBA, like the number one in the NBA in three-point percentage. That's insane. He's a seven-footer. He, he's, a, he's a scrappy athletic mobile defender. He, he's a great player. And with the Knicks, he wasn't so good. So, I mean, obviously, I don't really like him too much, but he's a good player. He's a good player. He improved much in the offseason where he claims to work out like 18 hours a day, which I don't know how much that's true, but he claims to work out like 18 hours a day. So take that – uh Take that if you wish, but yeah. Yeah, and you know he's always going to play hard too. Like that's all a coach can ask for. If the shots fall or not, you know, like that—that's a game to game thing. But he's always going to bring the energy. I don't see why he doesn't play more. Now he has well, to play more. They figured yeah. it out now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and even when Giannis was there, he was still playing more minutes in this series in general. So he's found his way back into the rotation, which makes sense for Milwaukee. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, let's talk about this uh, Siakam news. This was. Something that's been heating up this week. The Warriors are reportedly interested in trading for Siakam. There's been some trade offers on the table. Um, the one that people are talking about the most is Siakam. In return, the Raptors get uh, Wiseman, Wiggins, and the seventh overall pick. But I actually saw some rumors that were just Wiseman in the seventh overall pick. I personally think trading Wiseman and Wiggins in the pick is too much for compensation for a guy like Siakam. Um, yeah. Although I do think his fit in Golden State would be great. I think it would be better than Wiseman. I think Wiseman had a shaky rookie season and you know, just getting some experience, some championship experience to throw in there with Clay and Curry and Draymond Green. I think they could be a contender next year. Remember though, um, Siakam's on a max contract. So in order to make the trade work, they have to give up a guy who a max contract. Like Wiggins. You got to match the salary. So yeah. it's, it could be Wiggins and Wiseman, no seventh, seventh overall pick, or it could be Wiggins and seventh overall pick and not Wiseman, but you have to. Yeah, but then like, that's not. Like then the, the whole point is Golden State wants to get Wiseman out. That's the whole point. They want to move Wiseman and the they pick for Wiggins. like an established player. In Wiggins, been, don't get me wrong. Wiggins has been a great defender for Golden State, but he's making he was, thirty he was, million dollars he, a year. He was atrocious in the playing tournament. He was one of the worst players that they he had. Was very on. inconsistent because he had stretches where he really did turn it on, and like the Warriors would really benefit from it. But I, I mean, know. do you guys really think Siakam makes the Warriors that much better? Absolutely. Because, to be honest with you, I think if I was the Warriors, I'd go for somebody else rather than Siakam. The only issue with this trade specifically is Kelly Oubre is a free agent. And then if you give a Wiggins, like you have a gaping hole at small forward. I mean, obviously you could play clay there, but then like, then you have a hole at shooting guard because they don't, they just don't have much depth right now. And I, that's what I was going to go to is the Warriors. This would be a good trade for them. Getting Pascal Siakam, a guy who could put on the floor, a great playmaker. And two mm-hmm. years ago, a good shooter, but like you just touched on graph, their depth is a real problem now. If you give up Wiseman and Wiggins, this was not a very deep team to begin with. You give up two guys, rotational players, you're looking at a team where, I mean, off the bench, it's like Jordan Poole and that's it. Like, no, what no. Looney? And, Jordan and, Poole, Looney, Juan Toscano Anderson, and Michael not, Mulder. That's not even that, but that. That's not, come on, that's not. Well, no, that's not what it was in 
back when the Golden State, when we had the super team in Golden State, but it's not yeah, legitimately they had Livingston awful. and Iggy, two of the best bench players in the league. But remember, they had strength in numbers before Kevin Durant, the pre-Kevin Durant era. That was a good bench that they had in Golden State. The strength in numbers era with Steph Curry 2015, like the, the big three of Clay, Steph, and Draymond, they had a good bench. They kind of sacrificed their bench for Kevin Durant, but before they had KD, they had a fantastic bench. They have to find a way to get some more depth in this offseason and maybe unloading Wiggins' contract is a part of that plan to get some more cap space um, to sign some guys in free agency. But I just feel like Wiggins can be valuable for them, though. I don't think he's necessarily a bum. But he, I don't, I don't think having Wiggins, Siakam, and Draymond on the floor at the same time is a smart idea. To be honest with you, I was telling Ben this earlier. I don't even like having Siakam and Draymond on the floor at the same time. I'd rather have Draymond running like kind of the point forward role and four shooters around him. And I don't think Siakam's a good shooter. Well, Siakam played the shooting role in 2019 when the Raptors won the championship as kind of, and, and the guy kind of who could go down low in the post and, you know, bang up the other guy's best player or the other center. But I think Siakam could certainly be in that spot up shooter role. And then when Steph and Claire are not on the floor, maybe you could run a lineup where you have, you know, Siakam be that point forward role for you um, and just play alongside Draymond even. I think he would be a perfect fit alongside Draymond. He was a 38% three point shooter two years ago which tells me that, you know, that season last year was kind of just a fluke where he shot 35%, 34% from three. I don't yeah, see why like he even can't. That, even so, that's better than what Wiseman was doing. So, it, Exactly. I don't see why Siakam – I think Siakam is a skillful big man, and putting him alongside Clay and Steph would do wonders with Draymond. And you talk about, Frank, what other player would they get? I don't know. Would it be Carl Anthony yeah. Towns? I don't think so because the Timberwolves want to build a, a big four of Ben Simmons, um, uh, Ben Simmons, Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, and Carl Anthony Towns. I don't uh, see a big how four many, that would win what 20, 25 games. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I think a team with the, I think that team because remember D'Lo and Cat have only played six games total, six games together total. They were hurt a lot this year. This, and the, but they're injury prone guys, man. They're injury prone guys. Cat is always getting hurt. D'Lo is not injury prone. Cat is always getting hurt, though. No, no, Cat. No, no, he's not. He played. Remember, I went to the Knicks game. We went to the Knicks game, Frank. Remember this, where he played. He he missed his first career game ever in his fifth season, where he, in 2019, when we went to the Knicks game, they were 17 and 65. But the Timberwolves, he missed his first game ever due to a car accident. He played 82 games his first four seasons every year. Cat recently. Cat is, I think last year and this year, he probably hasn't played so much games. What I'm saying though is to call him injury prone is is just ridiculous because this is a man. Yeah, but I'm looking at recently, Ben. I can give a fuck about his first four years. Look at the last two years, for example. Timberwolves are just a joke. They're a joke. The D'Angelo Russell trade was a disaster. Carl Anthony Towns is soft. Anthony Edwards finally found his little stretch at the end of the regular season. So this is what- You get Ben Simmons to throw in the fire. They're winning 25 games. They're atrocious. But what I'm saying, and I get it, I get it. People do this a lot. And it's the same conversation that people probably had about the Phoenix Suns a couple years ago. It's, oh, they're just a shitty franchise. They're never going to win anything. Did they, did they find their coach? Did they find their, did they keep the same coach? Because they fired Saunders, right? They have, no, they have a flinch who, I mean, they turned around at the end of last season. They won some games that kind of got them out of the number one pick conversation. So they were playing well towards the end of the year with Kat D'Lo and Anthony Edwards. Ant Edwards in his second year will take a big jump, especially in efficiency. You see guys like Kevin Durant. You see a lot of guys in the past who have scores that took significant jumps in efficiency in year two. I expect Ant to be on that level where he shoots around 46, 47% from the field. Carl Anthony Towns is a guy who shoots 40% from, from three 
in his career. D'Lo is a good player. And I'm not the biggest fan of D'Lo, so I admit. Okay, so kind of is a ball hawk, but you think that the Timberwolves can get into a playing spot? I don't I don't see why not because I see well, them as no an IR to not be a tops. top 10 team in the conference with all those guys. I don't see why not. I get it. I get it. It's the it's the easy thing to do. Pick on the Minnesota Timberwolves. They suck. I get it. It's the easy thing to do. Just make fun of them because they're they've been bad. But you have to look at the facts. They've been hurt. And you could say injuries play a role. But D'Lo and Cat historically, I mean, Cat played 50 games this year, and that was probably you know 50 and 35 games the past two years. Those are bad numbers. But before that, 82, 82, 82, 80. He, it, yeah, but I'm, bad. I'm looking about I'm looking about recent. It's the last but in the only reason why he probably sat this year is because or last year is because they sucked. He sat last year because they were terrible. That he just like literally like I think they probably just like sat him down for no reason. Because I, I think that they, was what happened. Didn't, he, didn't, and, didn't they have like let's not forget he, dude, he's dealt with a tough time recently with his yeah, family. Yeah, he, that's no, what I was about to that's say. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Cause th- this for you, you call him so I, I disagree, man. And look. People have questioned Cat's work ethic. I think that's a thing in the past, but Jimmy Butler did. You called them all soft. Don't even like. I mean, to say the injury thing, I just think that's unfair to him because I mean, he's dealt with some serious stuff in his is his personal life. I think this man is a is a reliable player if he can get in the right mental space. And D'Lo, I, I believe he will next season. You know, obviously that could be a, a assumption, but if we're talking about if this team is healthy. With D'Lo, with Cat, with Anthony Edwards improving, and with potentially Ben Simmons, this is a team that has no excuse to not reach a play-in tournament, probably reach a playoff spot. They should be aiming for that, honestly. Oh, yeah, but do you think – okay, so we could see them reaching a playoff spot next year. What do you think their ceiling is, though? Because to be honest with you, I think with those four guys, in the Western Conference, the way it is now, you still have the Jazz that are pretty young. You're going to have the Suns who are going to be there for a while, especially just with Devin Booker. You know, the Warriors are going to try and go after it a few more years. you got the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George. you got the Lakers who are going to go at it for a few more years with LeBron and Anthony Davis. I really, And then you got the Mavs with Luka. I really could see them seeing like a, being a 17 tops. But the thing, the thing about that is, and I get where you're coming from. I believe me. But the whole thing is, then what do you want to do? You want to blow it up again? Oh, like, and then the Nuggets. Have... I forgot about the Nuggets. But, but I think the Nuggets could be the number one seed course, next year. Frank, do you want to blow it up again is my question. Because everyone acts like if you're not the best team in the West or the best team in the East, you have to blow up your roster. They were just finishing a 5 no. rebuild. So you well, want to listen, blow up again? Look, look, for example, like a team like the Memphis Grizzlies. They've always been floating around the 8 seed, you know, making the playoffs every year. And, you know, meeting just those regular expectations. It is what it is. That's what they are. They're a small market team. They make the playoffs every year as the 8 seed, whatever. The Timberwolves have been at the bottom of the standings in the Western Conference for so long. I mean, they've had all these picks. They've done these trades for D'Angelo Russell, and they still can't get anything together. They haven't proven yeah. me or given me any reason why that they I can agree. be a good playoff team or even just a playoff team in general, especially when you have a guy like John Morant who can help the Grizzlies and carry the Grizzlies into a playing tournament. I don't see Cat doing that. Yeah, well, last year, I believe, was the first year that they failed to reach expectations, right? That was the because before then, they really never had true talent. Last year with Anthony Edwards, with D'Lo, with Cat, they should have probably been in the play-in range. I agree. But you have to face the reality. D'Lo was actually hurt and dealing with a real injury. Cat had the personal issues and an injury himself. And it was a rookie. He was a rookie. I mean, he shot like 39% from the field. He was inefficient as shit. But now you're looking at a team where you have a Anthony Edwards coming back in year two. He's a guy who has that dog mentality. Then Cat obviously has that work at the question mark. D'Lo's another, another dog. He's a work... He's a grinder. 
and if you had Ben Simmons, I get it. That's where I think the tricky part is because those two guys were don't have the best work ethics. You have Cat and, and Ben Simmons. That could be an issue. But remember, D'Lo and Ben Simmons are best friends. Cat and D'Lo are best friends. So those guys would probably motivate each other to hopefully one day, you know, be an elite contender in the Western Conference. And you cannot deny the talent of those four guys. That, tr- that core of four guys. If you're Minnesota, why would you not want that? And why would you not be excited to have that probably that core be together for a lot of years? I, I am. I just don't, I don't see them getting anywhere above the 60 in the Western Conference for a decent amount of time. You, I mean, we've, but once again, we make, we can make the same argument about the Suns this year where the Suns, oh, we'd never expect, expect the Phoenix to be the number two seed. It was impossible with all these teams. Injuries happen every year that we've seen. Well, Phoenix showed us a glimpse of what they could do last year in the bubble. Like I said, Ben, I haven't Minnesota seen anything. Actually, well, Minnesota actually has turned, like they, they, they finish a year nine and six. So is that okay? Nine? But look what everyone's doing at the end of the year. Come on, dude. Like the Clippers but, lost to the Thunder and the Rockets. You make the same argument about Phoenix. Phoenix was 8 0 when all these teams were resting for the playoffs in the bubble last year. Because remember, yeah, but what's all the, the difference playoffs- with Phoenix? They added, they added Chris Paul. You know, like look at the one year the Timberwolves made the playoffs. They added Jimmy Butler. Like you need to. You need to add someone who's actually going to elevate your level of play. Ben Simmons will help to an extent, but he's not going to have the Chris Paul effect or the Jimmy Butler effect. I agree, and you're right. But I think that team lacks, like Graf said too, I think they kind of lack some leadership. I really do. I don't think they have that guy in the locker room that, you know, puts it all together. You might have a lot of individual talent, yeah. but this game is a lot more than just going out on the court and playing. There's a huge mental side to it, and I don't think the Timberwolves have that. That's a that's not right a, now, especially with their unproven coach whose name I can't even remember right now. Yeah, it's it's like it's like Ryan Flinch or something, something like that. that. But what and I Frank, I get that, but you have I mean, in Anthony Edwards, I believe will be the leader of the team when when he gets old enough because that guy's a dog. He, he according to all accounts, he is the hardest worker by far on the Timberwolves. And you have to hope that guy matures into that role. But as for the rest of the team, you're right. I think I have questions about all three of those guys, D'Lo, Cat, and Ben Simmons. But at the same time, you, if they're all kind of really close friends, you have to hope, and if you're a small market team like Minnesota, you just hope that that trio and that core is good enough to get you to a 4-5 seed. And that those guys are it's all locked on, under contract for four or five years, or two to three years, excuse me. So – I don't see what the real issue would be if um you're just a four seed forever, you know, or a five they're seed. not going to be a four seed. I mean, the Clippers and the Lakers are better. The Nuggets are better. The Suns are better. The Mavericks are better. Let's talk the about Jets the- and the Warriors. I don't even know if they're going to make the but playoffs. The thing is, we said that about the Utah Jazz last year. Everyone's like, oh, the Jazz might not make the playoffs this year. I Everyone's didn't. like, oh, the Phoenix Suns will be a seven seed with Chris Paul. Guys, things happen like, like in, yeah obviously could take but a then, he becomes a good we're shooter. going in, we're going in circles here dude the Timberwolves haven't showed me any glimpse of why they could do it that's why I'm saying I don't think they will it's not that's it they haven't they well, haven't shown me anything you know, they haven't point, shown me a flash was about the the, the nine and the, the nine and six is invalid but I would argue they you know they you know for Phoenix is invalid because Phoenix played teams that were in the playoffs, resting for the playoffs last year. In the okay, moment. but like Graf said, they added that. Chris Paul. He's a but positive the, but they would add Ben Simmons. Ben, they would add Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is not Chris Paul. He's not Chris Paul. He's ben not Simmons? Chris Paul. Come He's on, not. Ben Simmons is horrible. You have to also found they didn't have a rookie like Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards, dude, Katie shot 41% his rookie year. Anthony and he kind of 48% his next year. Too. And you see what a lot of Devin Booker, same thing. You look a lot of these point guards, guards, and forwards even. 
these volume scores, they improve their efficiency. I believe no, there's no doubt next year. There's no doubt he's going to improve his efficiency and get better. I mean, there's a, there's a huge chance that will happen, but I mean, how many more years are we going to watch the Timberwolves stockpile talent? I mean, remember, what was it? Five years ago, they had Levine and Wiggins, and they couldn't win games. They stockpile all this talent. And they never Wiggins is not even a talent. Don't even get me. Wiggins is not even a talent. Of course he was. He was averaging like 25 his second year in the league. You know, he was. Right, bet. Let's make a bet then. Let's make a bet. 50 okay. bucks that the Timberwolves aren't even a top eight seed next year. I'm not doing that. I'm not. Yeah, because I'll you say know. Play, you I'll know. say play. No, no. Next year, I'll say play in tournament. Are you okay, willing to I'll do say- that? Yeah, no, they'll make the play-in tournament as a no. fucking 10 seed, but they're ass. The Rockets will be worse, the Kings will be worse, and the Thunder will be worse. That's okay, so, off the top of my head. So are you going to le- leave it or take it? 50 bucks if the Timberwolves are in the play-in tournament, but they have to win the they have to win to get to the eight seed. Like they have to be in the tournament, but then they have to win. Okay, yeah, that's fine. They will not they will not be the eight seed. They will not win it to get the eight seed. So they no have way. to win. I, I believe they will win it. No way. No way. The Timberwolves. No way, no way. The with Ben Simmons, getting... with a Ben Simmons team. No way, no way, no way. You know I don't what will happen to Ben Simmons in the playoffs? Just like I don't have. I, we don't have to play good in the playoffs. We could, we could lose in, we could get swept by the Lakers in four games. You won't even. Okay, me. look, I just named three teams: the Kings, the Thunder, and the Rockets. They'll be worse than the Timberwolves. The Spurs Who will else? be worse. The Spurs are worse. Than, I completely on. disagree. I think they're, with losing Rose, they're losing to Rosen, dude. They're gonna have no. They're gonna talent. get somebody else. They're gonna get like somebody who? else. Like like Chris Porzingis. I mean, like let's. Let's go into our next topic. That's where that's what we're going to talk yeah, about. So, yeah, let's do that. Why not? So, Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry are being rumored to team up in Dallas um, with Luka Doncic, and kind of the whole Dallas's plan is to reportedly sign and trade for Demar Derozan and send Kristaps Porzingis to San Antonio, where Popovich has been in love with Porzingis and the opportunity of perhaps coaching Porzingis since 2018. The Spurs actually tried to trade for Porzingis from the New York Knicks. And another sign and trade possibility, if Kyle Lowry wants to do good by the Toronto Raptors, is to have him go to Dallas and have Tim Hardaway Jr. sent to Toronto. And this possibility would obviously bring the core of Luca, DeMar DeRozan, and Kyle Lowry kind of a Toronto reunion. And I know Graf's shaking his head right here. I see that. Hey, Graf, it's better than what they have. It's better than but what they have. Is it better than what they have? How is it better than what they have? Tim Hardaway Jr. was their second best player. You're giving up for Kyle Lowry? Tim Hardaway Jr. is inconsistent, though. Come on. You know that. And Kyle Lowry's going to go out there and win them a championship? Like, what? He's got that championship mentality. Yeah, but, like, he's old now. And DeMar DeRozan? Oh, my God. He's better than Porzingis. I'm on Graf's side. This would be a disaster in Dallas. Yeah, but what they have is already a disaster. You might as well try and get – maybe this will work a little bit better than what they have. They've proven that what they've had is a disaster already. But Luka Doncic – was the best player in the NBA playoffs this year. And even though he played one round and he couldn't do, they couldn't give him any help. Nothing. You're moving two negatives makes a positive. not improving your team. If you make that move, you're moving from here to here. You're not moving up or down. Okay. But graph what they have, what they don't, they have a liability with Porzingis. He's an asset and he's a liability. What is DeMar DeRozan going to do next to Luka Doncic? What are they? What else are they supposed to do? What other direction are they supposed well, to go? I'll tell you what they should have done. They shouldn't have traded Josh Richardson for or Seth Curry for Josh Richardson. They no, made a boatload of terrible moves. That is not Dallas's problem. Dallas's problem is they traded for that seven foot three guy from the New York Knicks who sucks, and they gave him a five year deal. That Hang was the reality. You think they gave him a max contract before he stepped on the court? You think that trading Josh Richardson for Seth Curry wasn't a bad move? That was the, the KP trade was way worse. Well, yeah, they're both horrible. They're both yeah, horrible. Yeah, but the, the Porzingis trade it is screwed them over. lateral because of the max contract. It, it they committed themselves to five years of this yeah. guy. 
They traded a 17-point-per-game score and the second-best shooter in NBA history for a guy who didn't play in the playoffs. The second-best shooter in NBA history? Three-point shooter by percentage in NBA history is okay. Seth Curry. Well, oh, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Mm-hmm. But we know how those stats are flawed. I mean, like... Yeah, but Seth Curry, have you watched Seth Curry play? He's, he's fantastic. He's Don't get me wrong, he's fantastic. But, I mean, this is a guy who averaged five points a game. How many minutes was Josh Richardson playing in the playoffs? How many what? How many minutes was Josh Richardson playing? He's he's terrible. I know that he's he was bad you in think Philadelphia. That trade didn't kill them. It it did kill them, but the damage was already done when they traded for Chris Epps Porzingis well, and it was it was definitely done to an extent. But I think they could win that playoff. I don't got Seth Curry because remember they had that core of Seth Curry, Luka Doncic, Chris Epps Porzingis, and Tim Hardaway in the bubble in the bubble last year. And KP was actually playing good basketball, and they still lost the Clippers because he got hurt. But. They would have lost either way. I mean, like, let's be honest. And then they would have lost in the next round anyway to the, whatever the Nuggets or whatever it could but have Doncic been. Doncic is also a better player than he was last year. He's still young. It's only his third year. But no one can win on their own. And no. we saw that with Kevin Durant. We saw that with LeBron. Nobody can win on their own. And mm-hmm. that's what it is. We saw it with Luka this year. Like I said, how much worse can they get? Can they get? I would try it. You know, I would why try Why even waste your time getting Lowry and DeRozan? Like, it doesn't seem I think- worth it to me. I think the Rosen is actually a good player for Dallas. I think his playmaking would, would provide in him and Luca both as playmakers would with shooters around them would be perfect. Lowry's, the problem is they don't they don't have shooters around them. I don't like Lowry though because he's 35 years old. And I mean, with a sign in trade, you have to sign him for a three-year deal at minimum. And to bring him on for three seasons, I don't I don't see the positive in that and wasting that, that just cancels out the fact that you just got rid of Porzingis, really. I would ride Porzingis' contract out with the, whatever it has. It's three three years left. Yeah, but Luca and Porzingis don't really get along well, and that's kind of an issue. But at this point, do you want DeRozan for three more years or or Porzingis for three? I would trade Porzingis and a first-round pick just to get rid of his contract, and I would do anything in my power to lure any possible decent player to Dallas in free agency. You know, I wouldn't be mad if they just got DeRozan. If they got DeRozan, that would be fine, but don't get Lowry, too, because – that would create a whole mess, I feel like, if they got those three. I think just DeRozan and Luca would be perfect, though. I could see that. I don't know. I mean, we got to see how kind of everything falls out, and I think it kind of starts with free agency. I think, like you said, though, Lowry will do end up doing the right thing by Toronto as they did the right thing by him their whole career, and they have a championship, obviously. But I can honestly just see him going to the 76ers more realistically, like we talked about this year during the trade deadline. I don't really know if him pairing up with DeRozan. You know what? Honestly, I could see Lowry go to the Lakers as well. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what Lowry's value is anymore. Then, so like, he's old. He wasn't great last year. It's tough. I wouldn't be a huge fan. Yeah, right, I, let's, I agree. Let's talk about the Timberwolves. We already kind of talked about this. They desperately want to trade for Ben Simmons. Um, well, the teams, you know, other teams have been interested, but the Timberwolves showed interest because, you know, obviously the connection between D'Angelo Russell and Ben Simmons playing at Mount Verde together in high school. Uh, a trade package would consist of the Timberwolves getting Ben Simmons and the Sixers getting guys like Jared Culver, who's an absolute bust, Malik Beasley, who's pretty solid, Ricky Rubio. Guys, what do you think of this? I mean, like I said, I don't really think this makes them much better than what they already have. I'd rather just keep the guys like Russell, Edwards, and Cat, and then keep kind of a couple role players. But what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, Culver sucks. Rubio sucks. Beasley got suspended last year, so he didn't play much, but he's like a 20 point per game guy. I'm sure that'll go down um, next season because they yeah. like the usage of Anthony Edwards, but he could still play. Um, yeah, and like Ben Simmons, like what? 
The one thing I would say is he would improve this team defensively a lot because right now their stars don't even pretend to play defense. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, we've all seen Ben Simmons' problems, and until he commits to fixing them, it's just – I don't know. I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. Well, I think for Philadelphia, this is a great trade. And we talked about the Minnesota side. I want to talk about Philly on this side where you give um, – you get Ricky Rubio, who's a great playmaker, would fill the void that Ben Simmons would leave as a playmaker. And Ricky Rubio, you guys call him a scrub, but he's a good defender and is a as improved as his three-point shooting is not bad. He's a, he could shoot the three if he needs to. Great playmaker, great defender. Malik, so why would the Timberwolves give them up then if they're not this because bad? it's the but because because Ben Simmons they want Ben Simmons. They think he would be. Turn and they want that max contract that comes with because him. Frank, you oh. know, Frank, that but that's a whole nother conversation. You saw that Pacers offered Malcolm Brogdon and a first round pick. So Ben Simmons's value is clearly higher than we thought. So that's what I'm saying. Ricky Rubio would be a great uh, replacement at point guard. Malik Beasley's like I don't know. I think you're overrating Ricky Rubio though. He was not he 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 was only really a good three point shooter the one year in Phoenix. I mean, for his career, he's awful, and he was really bad last year. Like his playmaking abilities are okay, but it, like. I, he would be, I don't know. And let's talk about Malik Beasley then, because I think an offensive upgrade, a severe offensive upgrade, and a guy who could replace Danny Green at the shooting guard spot, who will probably leave in free agency. Yeah, but they have guys yeah, like Shake right Milton, right Seth Curry, Forkon Korkmaz. Like, no, they but, got some guys. They're, no, they're not they, bad. They're not. But do they need a starting shooting guard and small forward? They don't. Their starting small forward this lineup would be Matisse Thybul because I would see a lineup of Ricky Rubio, Malik Beasley, Matisse Thybul, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid. They oh, still man, need that. That lineup hurts my head. But the lineup, <laughs> the lineup of Ben Simmons, um, Danny Green, and Matisse Thybul and Harris and Embiid is that? I mean, they're both bad. We, we we could talk for hours on like what like what Philly's gonna do and how just unbelievably fucked they are but like <laughs> nothing they do is gonna work they're screwed like they're just screwed there is no getting out of the situation they're in right now i i i mean look i guess i agree to a certain extent but i mean like tobias harris is stuck on a mac like think about it. tobias harris makes as much money as lebron james think about that it's unbelievable like you can't get out from under that i agree but we just have this we just have this problem in the NBA as NBA fans where if you don't win a championship, like it's, it's not even winning a championship. They can't even make the conference finals. I mean, they lost yeah, to the Atlanta Hawks. They had to they retool, did the, this retool. They did this to themselves with, with and missing out get, on these picks. Didn't they get swept they by the Celtics in the bubble too? I mean, like they, they can't yeah. even get like moderate playoffs. They, they did. They did it to themselves. When you missed on Fultz and then you missed on Simmons, you know, you had these picks you had, and you were in the position to turn it around and they mm-hmm. did it to themselves by messing up. Well, and that's why the Timberwolves set them. Set no, back so long too. But Philly's shooting should be a Philly's shooting coach should be in a question because Markel Fulton Orlando has turned around his three-point shooting and his shooting overall. He's been fantastic for Orlando before his ACL injury. And I believe Markel Fultz next year could be a 20 point per game score. He was 14 points per game this year in like the nine games he played. He'll be even better next year, I, I believe. And I think he could turn into a real a real solid player in this league. Yeah, he, he's developed pretty well. Ben Simmons. That's what I'm saying. You guys keep thinking, bring up the Philadelphia Simmons. He needs to change the scenery. That's the reality. He 100%. Needs to so there is no way to me he steps bring, back on the court for Philadelphia. So why not just bring him to Minnesota? In, in Minnesota, like you said, they've been a poverty franchise. Just try out something new, man. You know, I, I think the, the more talent you could stack up in Minnesota, you should want and you should be um, welcome to, you know, bring in Ben Simmons. 
I mean, I guess because like Minnesota, like you said, is kind of in a situation where they have nothing to lose. They've been a joke in the league for the last five years, ten years. So what what is there to lose if you bring in Ben Simmons right now, who probably is the biggest joke in the league, considering you know to the, all the NBA fans right now. Hmm. Yeah, I'd like to talk about the Sixers again, though. Like you're right, their 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 development staff sucks, and their head coach sucks. Like Doc Rivers, how many more opportunities is this guy gonna get? to just consistently just ruin franchises, blow these leads, not win playoff series that he's supposed to win. It's ridiculous to me. I think it's absurd that that guy keeps getting opportunities. I, and, you know, just... I think I, I saw some graphic and I think he's, he hasn't, I think he's won like one playoff series where he had a lead in. I think he's lost at yeah. like at least nine. Oh, wow. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he won a one lead with the Clippers. These are series where his teams are undoubtedly the more talented team. The, the Clippers last year were undoubtedly better than the Nuggets. The Sixers this year, better than the Hawks, 100%. But they didn't win. In the Clippers versus the Rockets in 2015, when the Rockets' second-best player was Dwight yeah. Howard, who wasn't even in his prime anymore. He was washed up in Houston. Th- that- I remember, it was Corey Brewer and Josh Smith that were torching them. Like It, it wasn't even Corey James Brewer. Harden. I mean, it was brutal. I mean, they, it, 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 it's humiliating. You, 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 can, you can talk about this guy's career forever. He's, he's getting and, carried by one ring in 2008 with the and Celtics. I, and it, and Graf, you're missing on this point, is that that team that won that one ring should have won more. Should have won more. Yeah. They were 100%. the better team versus the Los Angeles Lakers in the finals where they went up against Kobe and Pau Gasol. They were better. 100%. They were just a way better team. And even 09 when they lost the Magic in the Eastern Conference Finals. How do you lose to a Dwight Howard-led team with Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garnett? I, I think he – I just think he's an overrated coach. And that's 2008 season – of course, you're bound to win one ring when you're the only big three in the entire league and everyone else is two stars at max. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I could go on about Doc Rivers forever. He's the most overrated coach in sports. He's He legitimately might not even be better than Brett Brown for the Sixers. <laughs> I, I'm being serious. He's not. He's, Doc Rivers is a terrible coach to all accounts. And that's not even an overreaction. It's, it's just the truth. He's carried by that one ring. And that's the fact of the matter. What a sin. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say. What a sin. <laughs> what a sin. Damn, man. It really all is. Right, let's talk about uh, everybody's favorite team, the New York Knicks. Um, let's just keep it simple. Would you trade RJ Barrett for Damian Lillard? Simple as that. Yes. I would trade. I would. Tr- no, in the way, hear me out, though, on this. I'm not trading for Dame if it's just Dame. If it just yeah, that, that's what I could get behind that. You're not bringing in. It's turning into a Carmelo Anthony situation in 2012, where you trade the entire roster. And the reason why Dame would probably be intrigued to come to New York is because of the pieces we have and the, the depth we have on our roster. If we're gonna trade all that depth for Damian Lillard, then the team's gonna be awful. The team's not gonna be good. And if we can get a guy alongside Dame and Julius Randle. Am I, I would 100% trade RJ in a heartbeat for Dame. But if it's not the case and it's just Dame and Julius, I'm not doing it. I'm not, I'm not trading no, RJ Barrett. Keep I wouldn't trade RJ, him. but I would trade someone like quickly top in and I'd trade two picks. And Robinson. You have, to, you have to just, oh, he's not, he's a free agent though. So he's he's, on, yeah, he's on it. Like, I think quickly Robinson and two picks for, for Dame is something but, that I would do. But, that's, but listen, dude, that's a horrible trade, offer though. Not, I know you, you could add in more picks, but bro, look look what they did for Harden. Like they, it was a bag of chips. Well, like, they they give Karis Lever and Jared Allen as like the two if, guys. Like those are better guy, guys and quickly and like top and whatever. If this guy comes out and says he doesn't want to be there, though, like 
he's, his value just goes down substantially. So remember, with Damian Lillard, I heard the Pelicans would offer Brandon Ingram for Dame, but he, I saw that. But the thing is, people say, "Oh, the Knicks would have to offer something more." No, because Dame is looking to sign off to the trade too. Dame wouldn't yeah. want to go to New Orleans, so that offer doesn't even matter. Would the, the only with that offers Zion, that matter? Like wanting out. The only offers that matter, or the Boston offers in Miami. If we can package a deal better than Boston or Miami, we will get Damian Lillard. So, and what would Miami's be realistically like? Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and picks. Well, Duncan no, Robinson they can't trade Tyler Hero. They he's can't trade Duncan Robinson. They can't trade Duncan Robinson. He's a free agent. After that, he's a he oh yeah yeah. Trade Duncan Robinson. They can Damn, do Tyler that's like Hero a with whole asset pool right there. The thing that we what? need to worry about is Bam Jamie and Hero. Brown. It's not going to be Paul Bam. Robinson. Robinson's a, a free they agent. Always throw free, yeah. free agent. Yeah. But what I'm going to say is the only guy we have to worry about as a Knicks fan is Jalen Brown. Because if Boston lets go of Jalen Brown, then they easily get Damian Lillard. There's no question about it. I don't think they would trade Jalen Brown, though. I think they would. They love Jalen Brown. I think Brad Stevens is, is going to be very aggressive. And, I, dude, if you put Dame with Jason Tatum, I could easily see them winning the Eastern Conference. I is that really that that, How much better is that than Jalen Brown, though? A lot. Dude, Damian Lillard's a, a top-ten player in the NBA. I can't say a lot better. Like it's an upgrade, but, you but know it doesn't. What though? But Jalen, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum don't play well together. That's the thing. You know, like they don't they don't complement each other. But they're well. on the same timeline, meaning that they were like they're enter they're gonna enter their primes in the same year. Primes at the same time. Yes. You're basically risking. Well, I mean, at this point, Jason Tatum's in his prime. How much better is he gonna get? Maybe he's 23 years old. He could get way. He's 23. Yeah, I mean, but your prime can be from like 23 to 30. Yeah, I mean, but 30 how? Yeah, Grab's kind of right. He's kind of. But, he averages like what twenty eight. But a then, so like, what I'm saying is that if you don't win with Damian Lillard in his prime, which is like three more years, all of a sudden it becomes a thing where, you know, you messed up. And I think Boston would only do the deal if they can keep Jalen Brown as well. Meaning, I think. Yeah, they, but they don't have assets. They don't do. They don't have assets to give. What are they going to give up? Marcus it's, Smart would be their best asset, like maybe Marcus, Romeo Langford. Marcus Smart, Rob Williams, Romeo Langford. Langford. Yeah, that would that would be it. That would literally would be the deal. But like you said, Frank, the James Harden trade, no, it was pretty a bag of chips, like you said, for James Harden. Yeah. With the market looking like this, if the Knicks don't give up RJ Barrett, if the Celtics don't want to give up uh, Jalen Brown, and if the Heat don't want to give up Bam out of bio, the market will be really bad for Dame. He'll only, I agree. He'll only be give like nothing up for Dame. It'll be like, it'll be a joke. And they'll get nothing in return. Maybe that's like you said, he's, he's got to sign off from where he wants to go. So like, and that's why I think Philadelphia, look, you think Ben Simmons, like the more I think about it is Philly wants to get rid of Simmons. If Portland likes Simmons at all, he's going to Philadelphia. He's going to Philadelphia team. Because the Boston and New York and Miami are going to have weak offers if they don't want to give, give up those top guys. So then Philly will be the guys ultimately who have the best offer if, if the Knicks don't want to give up Barrett and the Celtics don't want to give up I could also see the Wizards coming in, you know, and swooping in and kind of maybe offering Westbrook or Beal for uh, Ben Simmons, to be honest with you. Well, you keep bringing it up every episode. We agree. Yeah, we, we've touched on the Westbrook one. We were talking about the team right now. And Dean, where do you guys think he's going to go? I would love to see him in Philly. I think they'd be legitimate contenders with Dean. Frank, what I about you? See the, yeah. I mean, I want to see him obviously go to the Knicks, but. Where do I think he he'll end up? I'd say Boston. I'm gonna guess 
I think Boston. Brad Stevens will be aggressive. I, I I think he's in the GM role now. I, I think he's sick. He was sick and tired of Danny Ainge just not wanting so to pull the trigger. Do if things, he ends but... up in Boston, you're, you're basically throwing away Jalen Brown's like next three years of his career by shipping him off to Portland. But CJ McCollum, <laughs> well, once you punch. No, McCollum, McCollum will get traded. I'm, jo- I'm joking, guys. I'm no, joking. it's not. Right? No, it's not. Yeah. CJ McCollum's going to go to Cleveland. I'm calling it right. He's going to Cleveland. For like Jared Allen, it'll be like so sec- it'll be mean. Colin Sexton, Sexton and Jalen Brown. Colin Sexton and Jalen Brown on the on the Trailblazers. <laughs> that team would be Jesus. so. That team would be brutal. No, that I mean, would just be a- it. Wouldn't be that bad because they would be in a re what, a ton of picks, tons of picks though too. So that would be like yeah. a nice little building block to start off with. Picks from where? From from these from, from Boston Dane. or from yeah, Verdame. Like, what, what do you mean? Okay, Dane? you don't think they have to give up any of those picks to get Sexton from the Cavs? Yeah, you're right. Maybe. Well, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, because like McCollum is worse than Sexton, and he's older. Yeah, McCollum. Yeah, I don't know. We we, we act like I mean the Cavs don't want Sexton though. Like they want to get him out of there. Yeah, apparently. but like yeah. he's still a good player. But they want to get him out, and no team they every every team knows his off his, his locker room drama that he brings to the table, where he's apparently hard to work with. So. I'll take that risk. As a Bulls fan, I'll take that risk any day of the week. We need a point guard badly. I'll take that risk. <laughs> the, Bulls, the Bulls need Chris Paul, but they're not going to get Chris Paul. Unfortunately. They do. They need, they need Jesus Christ. <laughs> you, got, you, got your, you got your rings with Michael Jordan. So, you know. Two all-stars and they couldn't even make the playoffs. Come on. It really sucks. How many teams in the NBA have two all-stars? Not a lot. But the thing I is, Zach, had one. Zach Levine, if he didn't get COVID, I believe – Chicago would have made the playoffs this year. Well, yeah, it was like the nine seed. But he was out for like a month with COVID. And they were all they only traded for Vucevic like halfway through the season. Yeah, how many mm-hmm. games did Vucevic and Levine play together? Like five? Not, probably not a lot, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I don't think the whole thing in Chicago has failed yet. And like yeah, they need a point about, guard. They don't have a point guard. We never talk, we never when we talk about the Bulls, we we always said that it wasn't about this season. It was about next season in the, in the years after. So, mm-hmm. uh, but they do need a point guard. You're a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. Kobe White's not a point guard. And they need either Lonzo Ball or Chris Paul. Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball. I'd also love the Knicks to get Lonzo Ball. If, uh, not if for we don't 20 get a superstar. Year, though. The Bulls, the Bulls can afford that money, though. I wouldn't mind that. No, but the Knicks, I'm saying, I don't want Lonzo Ball. I, I don't want him. Because. If we're gonna have a core of Lonzo, Julius, and, and RJ, is that gonna? That's not gonna. Do, you're just not a big baller. That's what the issue is. Lonzo, Barrett, quickly, Toppin, Randall. I'm, sign me up. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I'm good with Toppin. that. Are we looking at what the, the, the fifth seed now? We're, we're dropping from Atlanta because Atlanta's gonna be, be better than us next year. They're gonna take. Oh, us. for sure. And then we're gonna be like the sixth seed, maybe even behind Chicago. We'll be. We'll be. I think Philly will. I think. I think Philly. You know, might fall down the ladder a little bit. But they haven't beaten Harris. Like, I, I think that they, they'll like be fine. They'll float around. I mean, they'll, they'll be they'll be solid still. I mean, and especially if they. Get I mean, like, obviously, I'd put the Nets up top, and then you know the Bucks. No, the, but... Nets, will the, no, the Nets will be the two seed because they'll, they'll like rest so many games, and they'll be the two seed again. The Nets are the two seed king because they'll, they'll never. Which is a joke, by the way. I said this in. I said this earlier in the year. You should really fight to get the highest seed possible because guess what? If they didn't have to play the Bucks in the semifinals, they would have played the Hawks. They would have won. They'd be in the finals right now. But, you know, all these teams are so obsessed with resting. You know, same thing with the – Load management. Yep. 
the Clippers played the Mavericks in the first round. Why would you want to play the Mavericks in the first round? They had to go seven games. They had to go seven games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Blazers would have been a much better matchup. If they just won the last game, they would have played Portland. And Portland has no size at all. I mean, it was a mismatch for Portland. Well, let's rest Kawhi Leonard because he hasn't gotten hurt since 2014. And let's rest Paul George so we can lose to the Rockets and Thunder so we don't have to face the Lakers in the first round who got knocked out anyways. Dumbasses. You can't think too far ahead. You got to think in the now. That's the issue. Exactly. Just win your games that you play. And it's just like, for example, a good example is like when you're playing a football game or something like that. Oh, you're you're down by four, but you have the ball with two minutes left. So let's wait to score. But what happens if you turn the ball over? If you could score, score. If you could win yeah. those games, win. You could beat the Rockets and the Thunder. They're the two jokes of the Western Conference. They weren't even the, the Thunder weren't even playing shy at the end of the season. They 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 basically wanted to lose that game. The, yeah, they were trying to lose. Won. They barely won. It was like a tank battle between two teams in live action. It's crazy, but what a sin. Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's talk about what's next for the LA Clippers. Um, a new series will start on the podcast moving forward. Anytime a team gets eliminated from the playoffs, we might do this in the off season with all the teams that we missed beforehand, like the teams that didn't make the playoffs and the teams who got knocked out before we're doing this thing. But the Clippers were bounced in the Western Conference Finals by the Phoenix Suns four games to two. Um, it is important to note that Kawhi Leonard ha- that, that LA has been without Kawhi since game five of their second round series with the Utah Jazz. Their upcoming free agents are Kawhi Leonard, who's on a player option. Sergi Baca, as well, has a player option. Reggie Jackson is an unrestricted free agent who bowled out for them in the playoffs. I imagine he's gone um, from LA because they won't have the money to resign him. Then we're looking at Nicholas Batum, who also took a minimum deal to be with the Clippers this season. I imagine he'll get more money somewhere else. Maybe he'll resign though, who knows? And then Boogie Cousins, he'll be a minimum guy again for them. I think he'll be back on a minimum, a minimum deal. So we look at the Clippers. They don't have a lot of cap space to work with. I think they're negative in the cap. So they could really only sign these guys to low deals. Maybe like the qualif- like the mid-level exception, the whatever the other ones are called. There's so many like mini deals you can sign, but they can't actually go out there and give a guy $20 million this offseason. So the Clippers... I want to ask you guys this. Does LA need to improve or should they just try to bring back the squad and run it back? Well, they need to improve, but they can improve. Cause you know, Kawhi, if Kawhi accepts that player option, you know, and then Reggie Jackson was their third best player and second best player now in these playoffs, just behind Paul George. I mean, he was absolutely phenomenal. Like you said, he's as good as gone, but I think it's more about just finding the right rotation for the Clippers. Uh, more Kawhi Leonard, Paul George with Terrence Mann and uh, Luke Kennard on the floor. But the problem is, you know, you're going to lose. Reggie Jackson carried a load in the playoffs with the Clippers. And, you know, losing him is going to be a big, a big problem. Yeah, I don't necessarily think they need to improve. I mean, they were the second best team in basketball this year. If every team is healthy, only the Nets were really better. And there's no doubt in my mind if Kawhi Leonard wasn't hurt, they're beating the Suns and then they're beating either a healthy Bucks or a healthy Hawks team, you know. There's not a doubt in my mind. Um, they're going to lose Reggie Jackson. You know, he caught lightning in a bottle in the playoffs, but I think they can live without him. The, the real issue for the Clippers is that they're paying Luke Kennard $16 million a year, which is approximately the same salary that Zach Levine makes for him to come off the bench and shoot one of four from three every game. You know, I don't think that's worth $16 million a year. Um, yeah, like Boogie will be back. Batum is dispensable. Like, Serge Ibaka is, is, could hurt because I thought he was going to be really valuable for them, especially in the playoffs, and he just didn't He was play. useless. Um, yeah. But, yeah, if Kawhi comes back, I mean, they're a top three team in the NBA again. They'll have a shot at the title again. Look, I'm on Frank's side. They need to improve, but they can't. 
this is a team. Why do they everyone, need to improve though? Because the Lakers, because everybody are else will be back. The, the thing is, everyone always says, "Oh, they, they lost because of the Kawhi injury." Well, you the, know what? The Nuggets, are, the Nuggets are back. What about Jamal that, Murray? And I what think about the LeBron Nuggets will be better than the Clippers. The next year, no. I do. Okay, yeah, like yes, you can make the argument that the Nets will be back, but like, okay, there's nothing any team can do to become better than the Nets. No, like, but okay, let's look at the Lakers. What I'm saying is the Lakers and Nuggets will be back, and that's why I argument. think so too. And I, and you know what about what about I the, Suns? Like the Lakers, the Nuggets? I don't know. I'm not. I think the Clippers are better. They played much better this year with Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon. They were eight and zero before he got hurt. That team, in my opinion, would be in the NBA Finals right now if Jamal. Was I think there. the Nuggets might be the number the one seed in the West, West next year. They were the best yep. team in the West this year. I, I do. I really do. And, and to be honest with you, I think the Lakers won't have that same kind of fluky, you know, horrible. And I, I think if the Suns win, they might be able to bring back everyone for one more year and try and go at the championship again. Uh, the Jazz are another team that will be up there. I, I could see the Clippers not even being a top four seed. And I think second. the what Warriors as well. What what fluke are you talking about for the Lakers? You're talking about their injury problems? Because LeBron's missed significant time two out of his three years in L.A. And Anthony Davis has missed significant time just about every year in his career. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, really but see look at the roster that they put together around these guys this year. Dennis Schroeder was fucking awful. They, they were supposed to be good. Everybody thought it was an upgrade over last year. Schroeder was an upgrade. Harrell off the bench. Those were all supposed to be upgrades. They need, they need something else. They know they need something else, though. Yeah, but like, they, they, you can't just go out and acquire somebody when you have two guys making, like, half of your salary cap. Well, they're gonna they're gonna get somebody. It's just that we don't know who. They had Schroeder on a twenty million dollar deal. He'll be gone. They had Harrell on like a twenty million dollar deal. Like they had they have room. No, Harrell was on the mid level exception. But at the end of the day, like Schroeder's the type of guy who makes twenty million dollars in today's NBA. That's just how like that's just how the market I agree, goes. But at this now point. they'll have that room freed up because they won't have Sch- Schroeder will be gone this season. And who else are they gonna bring in? Somebody else on Schroeder's level, like Mike Conley, maybe. That wouldn't be bad. I think that would be pretty solid. Yeah, but like, is he really that much better than Schroeder? I mean, like. I don't know, but Schroeder was bad in those playoffs. Zero point. Yeah, I mean, like, why is it that every single player just comes to the Lakers and it's just bad in the playoffs? Like, why is that? What do you mean? So, what about Rondo? Like, I just feel like you're just a Lakers hater. Ultimately, I'm I mean, not blaming anybody, but it just seems every teammate who ever signs with the Lakers is automatically horrible in the playoffs. But what about last year? They had, you know, they had Rondo, who was great in the playoffs for them last year. What about uh, Dwight Howard? Fantastic. They had Danny Green, who was, I mean, he was. Up until the yeah, finals, we, we've he was enough about Danny Green and KCP. He was good up until the finals. He had a great Western Conference finals. He had a great second round and first round. He was just terrible. Well, all anybody does is complain finals. about these guys, is my point. And it's like for $20 million, you're not getting a superstar. You're going to get like an okay player. Well, I, I certainly agree. But in, in your whole thing about LeBron being it, because I yeah, it's been two injuries, right? It's been the groin he had suffered on Christmas Day of 20, 2019. And that was like a two-week injury where he probably sat longer than he actually could have. And they were a bad team, so he didn't really care to rush back too much. I'm not really saying that's injury-prone. And then this year was the odd injury where it was the freak accident where he lands on someone's foot. Like, who was it? Who foot, what, Whose foot was it? Was it like – um Solomon Hill. Solomon Hill, yeah. So, to me – that's not an injury-prone player. Anthony Davis, on the other hand, is. I believe he is. That's yeah, why they've seen it. This team is nothing without Anthony Davis. If they can get Chris Paul, I think this team would be really good. But that's a, they, yeah. they'd be they'd be really good. They would win the West for sure. That's the that's the guy they need to get. If they can't get Chris Paul, I don't see the Lakers winning the West next year. That's I don't think they're better than the Clippers if they don't get Chris Paul. But. The Lakers, I think, are better than the Clippers. Like, I think they have like that mental edge on, on the Clippers. I, I think they would beat the Clippers in a seven game series. I don't know if they'll. I don't know. We still, we still, we've gotten robbed of that two years in a row. Now we haven't been able to see it. 
Well, you've seen it in the regular season when both these teams have been healthy. I mean, the Lakers have just yeah, kind of... but that's just not the same as a seven-game series in the playoffs. Right, it but... never, it will never completely like mirror what it would really be like. Yeah, we'll see. We we, we could have got it this year, but you know, injuries played a factor. And then last we, year, the Clippers just the Clippers just choked last year straight mm-hmm. so badly. But yeah, for sure. All right, let's transition to the NFL aspect of the podcast now. Uh, the Lions came out and said that they believe Jared Goff is a long-term answer at quarterback. I'm not really surprised that the general manager Brad Holmes said this. Um, but to be honest with you, we all know that this is just bogus. I mean, Jared Goff was carried by Sean McVay. To me, he will be a below-average quarterback this year. And it'll prove to show they have no weapons either. They have a decent offensive line, but they have no weapons. He'll be atrocious this year. Yeah, to me, this is non-news. Like, what is the general manager going to come out and say? Like, our quarterback sucks. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I agree. I don't think we need to waste much time on this, but um, I will say that Jared Goff, I see a lot of people think he's underrated, and I, I totally disagree that he's underrated. One of the worst quarterbacks in football. Because I see a lot of people do like NFL quarterbacks by category, and they put Jared Goff in the underrated tab. That is just blasphemy to me, because this is a guy who was a, at best, average quarterback with the Rams, and he was with Sean McVay in an ideal situation where most quarterbacks would be a top 10 level um, in those situations. Jared Goff in Detroit with those weapons, when they have like, who's their best receiver? It's, I think it's like Tyrell Williams. I mean, they don't have any receivers. So to me, Jared Goff will struggle really badly in, in Detroit. And I don't see how he's a, not a bottom five quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we ranked all 32 starting quarterbacks yesterday. And I had Jared Goff ranked 30th, actually. So I think he's horrible. Where did I have him? I'm curious to see now where I had him. I had Jared Goff ranked. You had him at 25. Ranked number 25. I have Jameis Winston ahead of him and Sam Darnold below him. That's what I think for this upcoming season. I think he's going to be atrocious. Um, And I think it'll show that he was kind of carried by Sean McVay. And this is why I think like a guy like Matthew Stafford this season will prove that he's an MVP candidate with that boost from Sean McVay. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's a very quarterback-friendly system, and Stafford's already a talented quarterback. You know, exactly. he's been carrying teams for years. Now he finally I agree has 100%. talent around him. I think it's a, it's a, it's just going to be a disaster in Detroit. They're going to win two games this year, three games. They're fucking awful. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Cardinals rookie linebacker Zayvon Collins was arrested over the weekend. He was going seventy-six miles per hour in a thirty-five. I don't even know how that's possible. I mean, like he got a new car and he was hitting the gas on it. <laughs> Okay. 76 to 35. Why can't you just go on the highway and go like 100 My miles? cousin did the same thing. He went 75 and a 25. Well, listen, First day, how do you even do that? Like, I don't even... Listen, I'm not here to – he's – what is he, like 20 years old, 19? Dude, he just got it. He got his rookie paycheck. He got a new car. He hit the gas on the thing. He wasn't drinking, driving. It's not a big – I don't even know why we're no, talking I agree. About I agree, but I'm just curious. Like, a 35-mile-per-hour road, like, usually isn't, like, a big road. It isn't, like, a main road. How do you even go right. 76 Change Bridge is 30 – Change Bridge is 40. But it's Arizona. You fly on Change Bridge. It's Arizona, though. Yeah, Arizona's a desert. Desert. It's not an open road. Maybe I'm a rule follower. I try not to go more than like five or ten over, but that's just me. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, dude, the kid got his new car. He stepped on the gas. This is nothing to make a a big deal over. Yeah, and like Frank said, he was sober. So to me, I just think it's not a big deal. Like, why are we talking about this? I guess technically I made this. But people are talking about this, so you get the point. But – yeah, Collins. Um, the Cardinals have no intentions of actually punishing Collins, other oh, than like yeah, a fine. I agree. This isn't like a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, how do you even like physically go that? I, I don't know. <laughs> right. Me. Well, 
I, I don't think you're right because I think like in a, if it's like one of those like roads where it's like in the, you're in the middle of nowhere and like there's only like deserts next to you, whatever. That's fair. I've never been out to Arizona, so I can't. Yeah, I guess those roads wouldn't be on a 35 mile, you know, I mean, no, you're right though, Graf, because 35 mile an hour zones would be like somewhere like where those actual like other things around okay. you. But take, for example, Change Ridge. You guys have both driven on Change Ridge. We literally lived off the street our entire lives. It's 40 miles an hour. You could go 65, 70 on Change Ridge and not have a problem. You're right. Yeah, I guess. Ken. There's no cars in front of you, I guess. Yeah. I'm sure he has a fast car. He's got a lot of money. Yeah, but, I mean, you, he, he, most NFL rookies, though, I mean, you guys, you guys always say a lot of money, but he's the 18th overall pick. I mean, it's not like he has this money to spend, like, just like. No, but what is no, that, like $20 sure million the, dollars guaranteed? With like a I'm sure the kid got a, got a car. Him? He probably got a new yeah, car. But the, I think, like, the, like, most NFL players probably shouldn't be, like, just, like, spending money on like a bunch of nice cars like early on like they don't have as much as much money as people think they do well that's why a lot of them need like financial advice that's why a lot of them go broke that, that's the mm-hmm. reason why but i mean we're not like some like who is that guy that like does all that financial advice on like i think uh on youtube whatever i, I don't know his name but look at this he got an eight million dollar signing bonus that can get you a pretty nice car Ooh, an eight. Yeah. he made a lot of cap <laughs> damn they, they, these rookies are, are getting hooked up now but Next, we get the Dallas Cowboys. They will be featured on HBO's Hard Knocks, the classic series. Um, personally, I'm a huge fan. I watch every episode. Um, it will premiere August 10th, Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern time. And guys, I want to get your thoughts on this. Obviously, there's only like a couple of teams they could have picked from. I know the New York Giants were one of the teams that they could have picked from. There were six teams that got released in like April that they had the choice of picking from. And they picked Dallas. Dallas, obviously, probably the biggest brand in football. So maybe this has to do with some type of, you know, they want to set the table, which is just a massive thing to start the season off, especially coming off the pandemic where money revenue would be down and they want to have a nice little boost back up with Dallas's name and the fans being back and this and that. Yeah, I kind of like that they picked Dallas for this. I think they have a shot at making the playoffs this season. And I think that, you know, them picking a team like that makes sense. I also just kind of want to see if Dallas is, you know, really a shit show going on there and, see Jerry Jones on the show, see Zeke, see if he really got in the best shape of his life, like they said, see Dak Prescott coming back, uh, rehabbing from his injury. You know, so it'll be definitely something that's interesting to watch for sure. And Dallas is a team that kind of everyone's going to want to tune in just to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll take yeah. some notes. and So so many big personalities on Dallas. Who doesn't want to watch that, you know? Between Jerry Jones and Zeke alone, that's worth watching. Exactly, yep. You know what? You guys are right. You guys have changed my mind on it a bit. I'll send some notes into um, – Coach Judge and, and uh, get some insight on the, the rival team. But mm-hmm. I think that this will be fun for sure. All right. Now let's talk about something that is enormous. NCAA athletes can now officially be paid off their image and likeness. The NCAA signed a law starting July 1st where collegiate, athlete, collegiate athletes can get paid off their likeness and image. And, you know, it really – a lot of the credit should go to the YouTuber Destroying for leading the way. In 2017, he dropped out of UCF where he was a kicker to pursue his YouTube career. Four years later, he reached – 3.4 million subscribers. And according to him, obviously he's made millions of dollars off his social media platforms, but this is awesome because it comes into a sense where in college, you know, playing a division one sport, it's really like a job. And, you know, they say you get paid because of your education. A lot of these guys are trying to pursue their dreams to become professional athletes. You know, sometimes they prioritizing sports, you know, why would they not be able to get paid? If I'm going to buy a Jersey, for example, of Zion Williamson at Duke, why would he not get any of the money for it? And why should the school bet get everything? All colleges do is reap benefits for everything. They, they, we overpay for the shit out of us for tuition. 
books, everything. The college makes money off everything. When Alabama sells out a stadium, they make money off of it. Give the kids some of the goddamn money. That's not fair. They work their asses off for these school. They go play every single night. They practice every single day, six o'clock in the morning. Let the kids make the money. It's only fair. Mm-hmm. I saw something. It was estimated that Reggie Bush would have made around like $8 million in his college career if if this rule was implemented back when he was in college. And like, what about Tim Tebow? You know, like somebody like that or Trevor Lawrence. Zion, what about Johnny you know? Manziel? Johnny Manziel, mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence, Zion Williamson, Jason Tatum, Kyrie Irving. No, Zion would have made like $50 million, dude. That, you guys like, dude, the amount of like jerseys he's so that's, that's crazy. Yeah. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. It's not fair. Let's like, let's like take a look at a guy even from our area though, like Miles Powell, for example, right from Seton Hall. He was the most pop, like one of the most popular players in the tri-state area at the time where Seton Hall were a really good team that year. He probably could have even made like a million bucks off of his name just off that one season. That's what even I want to look at a guy about. like for like Gillespie, for example, from Villanova, right? He's one of the most popular players last year. They made a run in the tournament. I know he was hurt, but even someone like him, you know, it'll help the guys in the local areas out too. You know, some of these guys don't have much at all. And the free education is good, I guess. I, but, you know, they're going out there. These guys are celebrities, man. Let them help support their families. Let them make some money for themselves. It's a good thing. It doesn't hurt anyone. It just takes a little money away from the school, which already has more than money, more money than God anyways. Who cares? That's what I wanted to talk about is not the guys like Zion, you know, Reggie Bush, and all these guys who made a pro and made tons of – in millions of dollars in the pros, but the guys like Miles Powell who – you know, obviously their careers didn't pan out in the pros. Like Tim Tebow, I guess, but he made a, a fair share of money himself. But I'm talking about the guys who maybe – and look at the college athletes who just never even get drafted. You know, what about those guys who want to make money, maybe sharing a behind-the-scenes a day in the life of them being at UFC or UCF or a day of being at University of Florida or any school for that matter. And, you know, them just sharing their experience of what it's like to be in college, making a YouTube channel, making TikToks, making, you know, anything really – and for those guys who will never have a chance to make the pros, I think I'm ex- excited for them the most because now they get to make money um, doing what they love in sports. And otherwise they wouldn't have ever because they wouldn't have got drafted and they wouldn't have never been able to make money in the college level. I mean, you think about it. Perfect example on TikTok. You know, you, you know, you have Libby who does the gymnastics at LSU. You have uh, the one girl, I think her username is like set on there. Uh, she plays basketball for the women's team at Oregon. And then you have a guy like, um, oh, I'm blanking out right now. It's the Adrian guy from Michigan, right? Oh, yeah, Adrian, the basketball player that plays for Michigan. You know, they have incredible followings on social media. You know, they make content all the time. They spend a lot of time editing videos, posting videos, doing dances, you know, whatever, making content. And they got nothing for it. They got fuck all, and the school's got everything. You know, they should be able to sell merchandise like all these other creators, but they weren't able to. And now they are. And that's good. They spent a lot of time doing this. They're passionate about it. And they should be able to make money off of it. But no, since they were college sports players, they couldn't. So the school could reap the benefits of having popular players like them, people showing up to watch them. And the school the school makes money. That's not fair. Agree. Like you said, like, I mean, dude, like, for example, like the, the tuition, the books, like, everything, you pay for everything in college. It's crazy. So, And they upcharge you. Every year you get a, you get a letter in the mail from college. Your tuition is going up by 3.5%. They do it every year. Every year. By the time you're done with college, they raise your tuition by 15%. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, no doubt. But all right. Um, that will be the end of the Sneaky Sports Podcast Season 3, Episode number 49. Make sure to check out us on Overtime. Um, we have a thing. You just join the pools. We do it every day. It's in our Beacons link in our bio on TikTok, Instagram. Um, even in the description down below, you'll see the link for our Overtime. Um, go download the app. 
we also are setting up a new partnership with Real, the Real App, which is um, a new sports app that's you know refreshing. Enough with the biased ESPN content or the Bleacher Report. This is an app that you know just gives you the news, gives you live updates. You have conversations with people in the app. Um, it is number 43 on the sports in the app store. It's climbing up real fast. Real app's going to be on top soon. Um, and then, you know, go follow the TikTok. Go follow our Instagram. Go follow the Twitter. Um, give us a rating in Apple Podcasts. You know, we it, it would be nice if you guys could give us a rating in Apple Podcasts, whatever you want. Maybe one star, five star. Pro- hopefully five star. Don't five do it if star. you're not going to do a five, five star. star. If you don't, don't want to give a five star, don't do it, please. But um, yeah, so that's going to be it, guys. We appreciate you for stopping by. Um, for however, however long you, you watch this episode, we appreciate it. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.